right, thanks for tuning in to uh, NL Newsday here on this Thursday. Please to welcome to the program Vancouver Point Grey MLA. He's also BC's Attorney General and Minister of Housing, David Eby. Mr. Eby, thanks for the time, and how are you doing here today? Thanks for having me. Great. Sunny day here in Victoria from the legislature. Yeah, well, I appreciate you taking some time for us here. Um, okay, I'll, I'll start with uh, the Fortune Motel here. Back in the middle of June, early part of June, the B.C. government had bought the former Fortune Motel in Kamloops with plans to initially turn it into 40 supportive housing units for people experiencing homelessness. Uh, B.C. Housing going to work with the city of Kamloops on a plan for permanent use of the property, which again located at 654 Fortune Drive on the North Shore. Um, you had said in a state at that time that buying this property means dozens of people who are struggling to find a place to live in Kamloops will have safe and secure shelter um, and will work with the community for plans to uh, use this property to provide housing for anyone in need for years to come. So I'm just curious if we have any update on that specific project. Obviously that's been in the works for a little while here. Yeah, so the, uh, we've got about 40 uh, people in that site right now um, uh, who uh, were previous, previously homeless or uh, on the verge of homelessness. And, uh, and so they're uh, sheltered now, they're, they're housed, and over the long term, BC Housing can apply for rezoning. And, uh, and part of it is going to be working closely with the city and the community on what, on what the site looks like. Uh, it's, uh, we haven't uh, yet, um, obviously, as a result, settled on any proposed long-term use. Uh, that's going to be part of the rezoning process. Have you had a chance uh, recently to kind of sit down or at least meet with uh, some, some, some of the Kamloops delegation? I know there was some opportunity at UBCM for you guys to get together virtually um, and just sort of talk about the housing issues that we're experiencing here in our community. I mean, homelessness continues to be a problem and uh, just housing availability is, is a massive issue for us here in Kamloops as well. Yeah, I've had uh, I've had a bunch of good meetings with the mayor and uh, and important conversations with uh, had correspondence from the MLAs and uh, and obviously they're raising issues related to housing. Um, the the issue is uh, Kamloops uh, is not unique to Kamloops. It's something that we're seeing across the province. Uh, really, in, an increase in the visible uh, homelessness, mental health, and addiction issues, uh, and uh, huge pressure in market housing as well. I know there was a uh, concern around housing up at uh, at TRU. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of student housing, uh, there's uh, issues around low vacancy rates. Um, so uh, we're all working together to try to identify and work on solutions for that, uh, which includes building new housing uh, through the housing hub, uh, new supportive housing. Um, we've uh, got 546 uh, initiated supportive housing units uh, uh, that are initiated or under construction currently, which is a really big number uh, for Kamloops uh, because the demand is huge and people are seeing uh, really the impacts of the pandemic in terms of increased street disorder and folks who ordinarily would be uh, able to hang out at the library or would have access to services and the impacts of them being disrupted from that uh, during the pandemic. So uh, it's uh, it's important work that's happening in Kamloops. I'm, I'm hopeful that we are coming through the worst of it and we're coming out the other side with these supportive housing units coming on and we also have complex care coming up which is an, an increased level of support for the people who are really quite ill with mental health and addiction issues um, and pilot sites will be launching and, uh, and Mayor Christian been uh, all over me on that as well uh, to provide additional supports to people who are in these units so that they can be successful and stay in housing. 
Yeah, I mean, when you're talking about complex care and, and new housing developments and new projects for, for, for individuals who are, you know, on the verge of homelessness, as you explained, um, you know, are, are, are whenever you're looking at new builds or, or new property purchases, I mean, is, is that complex care model always sort of uh, front and center now? Because, you know, the housing aspect of it, I think everyone kind of understands the need to house individuals, especially as we're now going into the winter months, keeping them off the streets, keeping them alive, very crucial. Uh, but oftentimes it feels like they're not necessarily getting actual help to, you know, get over whatever problems or, or at least properly deal with whatever issues they're experiencing. Yeah, for, for some people it's enough to get inside and they stabilize and they're able to be successful, but we think there's uh, in the neighborhood of 15 to 20% of people who when they go into supportive housing, um, they're not successful and they end up back outside or they just refuse to go into housing at all uh, in the first place. And so this is the group that I'm really talking about. They're often very highly visible using emergency services, ambulance, fire, uh, emergency rooms, courts, police. And so uh, we think this is where we're going to make a lot of progress in terms of some of the issues I know have been front and center for, for Kamloops. There are a number of, uh, of different approaches uh, that the Ministry of Mental Health and Addiction is looking at, uh, delivering services and existing sites, uh, purpose-built, um, uh, smaller uh, sites, and, uh, and something called scattered housing, which is uh, the individual supported in living in, uh, in market rental housing in the community. Um, so uh, we, we think there uh, is going to be a very positive impact from this uh, uh, from this work and it's really the services that I think people expected would be there when Riverview closed uh, in communities across the province that just never materialized and uh, and so um, hopefully that'll mean uh, healthier and better outcomes for community and also for the folks who are living in a bit of misery right now with their mental health and addiction issues and on the streets often. Um, you mentioned, you know, how uh, sometimes when we're talking about uh, street affected people right now there there's some that, you know, don't don't get the help they need from just being housed and they often use services like you you list them off fire ambulance uh police taking up uh, emergency room space from time to time i mean there's a lot of people who who i know and i when i speak to individuals in our community who are saying why are these some of these people who are particularly blogging or, or clogging up the the police services because uh they're they're on our streets they're partaking in some petty crime, whether it be like vandalism or petty theft. Um, we have one guy on our streets who's well known for, for lighting fires and things like dumpsters, dumpsters on a regular basis. Uh, the system, when it comes to justice, you know, as the Attorney General, it just doesn't seem to be able to deal with these individuals who are almost like a revolving door of crime, right? They, we know who they are, they get picked up, they get talked to by police, they're taken to the station, they're questioned, they're released, and it seems like that's happening, you know, very, very, very frequently. People just don't seem to understand why can't we just put these people in jail uh, or, or find some other way to deal with them instead of just re, re, almost catching and releasing them back onto our streets? Uh, you know, what, what do you say as the Attorney General to people who have these kinds of concerns? No, it's a really serious issue. Uh, uh, without a doubt, um, our system has completely failed to respond to uh, people who are uh, seriously mentally ill or addicted. And the, this person who allegedly is setting fires is, is a good example of the kind of conduct. Uh, the, you know, when we when we house these kinds of folks, you know, the, their behavior is scary to neighbors or staff or, or to themselves. Uh, they get evicted. Uh, they're back out in the streets. They get picked up by police. Uh, even if they go to jail, typically the crimes they're involved in result in short sentences and then they're back out. They don't get better uh, in, uh, in jail. Uh, and so we need to do something differently. And um, really, I think it's hitting a critical point in many different communities. This is why I think that the complex care piece is going to be very important. This is voluntary services and the nature of health care for these folks. But the, 
reality is that um, there are people who are probably going to be sentenced to uh, to participate in the in the services uh, and uh, in the housing that's offered as a condition of not going to jail. The challenge I think that a judge faces is when they're dealing with someone like this and they're trying to make a decision about what to do, they know that sending the person to jail, they're going to be back out on the streets uh, and uh, and maybe in worse shape than, than when they went in. So th- these are uh, these are really difficult issues for everyone and, and the bottom line is we need to transition into a model where we're actually addressing the underlying mental health and addiction issue and that's, that's what's coming with complex care and that's why I'm enthusiastic about the work that Minister Malcolmson's doing on that. Has the pandemic, you know, heightened those issues? I'm not sure if it's necessarily made them any more severe, but maybe it feels like they're a little more visible these days? Uh, yeah, I think both. You know, I um, when I'm in... Uh in uh, the downtown of a number of different uh, BC uh, centers, I, I've seen the. It, it feels uh, worse. It feels more severe in a number of communities, and I think that. Um, well, I know that a number of services that people used to rely on have been less available than they were uh, before the start of the pandemic, uh, which uh, which has meant some people have really decompensated and they, their conditions have just gotten worse and worse, uh, and uh, and people have been isolated and so they haven't had regular contact. But then also in terms of visibility, you're absolutely right. I mean, the, the places where people would spend their days, the, the libraries or the, uh, the malls or the whatever, uh, where they found some space to be, uh, are closed or less available than they used to be. Uh, and so uh, people have been spending more and more time outside. And so they are uh, more visible and, and what was previously uh, not as visible. And we also know that our, our prison populations were down, especially in the early days of the pandemic, as the courts um, reasonably, in my opinion, said we're not going to sentence people to uh, uh, an environment to, uh, to wait for trial where they may uh, contract COVID and die uh, for shoplifting. And so we had, a, we had a significant reduction in our prison populations. We put all this stuff together. Uh, it's really a perfect storm. The pandemic uh, uh, took what, what we had, which was a serious issue that needed to be dealt with and, and really poured gas on it. So I think that uh, the, the hope that I have is that we're turning the corner here with uh, complex care and, uh, and uh, we're going to be working really hard to, uh, to respond to these concerns because they're legitimate and, uh, and this is government's job. Uh, I have one more thing I wanted to get to while I have you on the line here, David, and that is uh, with respect to Memorial Arena here in Kamloops. I don't know how familiar you are with the file, but uh, many in our community are are quite upset with Memorial Arena on Victoria Street continuing to be used as a shelter space. Uh, We only have six sheets of ice in Kamloops. Our recreation master plan has identified a lack of ice in our community and um, how it does not meet the needs of, of Kamloops ice users at this time, and yet we have now lost a rink for who knows how long. Uh, ICE users want it back, but BC Housing would need to find somewhere else to go to keep those 50 beds that it has in there uh, available to people in our community. Now, I know Council does not want to lose that shelter space, and, and fair enough. I think anyone with empathy can understand that. Um, but I guess there there has to be somewhere else that these people can go, I would think. Like, an arena is not an ideal space to be housing the homeless. And, and I'm curious if uh, maybe your ministry has been hearing from individuals who are saying, hey, we want our ICE rink back in our community. Yeah, no, no, an arena is not where we want uh, people who are homeless to be living, and uh, for two reasons. One, it's not a purpose-built facility, and the other is, uh, you know, when you think about the stress and the impacts of the pandemic on folks, the chance to go and play hockey or skate around with uh, with friends or family is uh, is a great way to to just be normal for a little bit. And so, to lose that essential community amenity is uh, is a big problem. So, BC Housing is working closely with Kamloops to find all, um, alternate locations. You know, we uh, we 
were working with the curling club on the same kind of thing and trying to move as quickly as possible uh, to make sure that uh, that, uh, that that facility could be returned uh, before the lease expired. And, and it is the system is really strained. Um, we have uh, really uh, BC Housing, frankly, has gone above and beyond trying to identify uh, spaces, and so is the city of Kamloops. I'm very grateful to the mayor and council for for trying to respond to this in a really proactive way. But the the outcome of it is that the system is quite strained in, in terms of staffing and in terms of available spaces. So uh, we're working really hard with Kamloops and, uh, and everyone is aware of the critical importance of returning that arena to the community. And if we can, we will. Is, is there a lot of other communities that are using, uh, I'll call it, you know, less than conventional spaces to, to house the homeless? Like, I, I can't imagine this is something that maybe an arena specific to Kamloops, but, you know, just in terms of random facilities being used, I can't imagine that's only a Kamloops issue. It's, it's not. We have uh, non-traditional shelter sites uh, across the province. We have uh, um, uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of a thousand uh, COVID uh, isolation sites. Uh, there are motels, arenas, convention centers, gyms, uh, lobbies, uh, you name it. Uh, we just, uh, the Save on Foods Memorial and Arena, the Save on Foods Memorial Arena in Victoria was just uh, uh, turned back to regular operational operation. So really anywhere we were able to find a, a route and uh, it was, an, it was a, a workable facility to get people inside so that they could isolate uh, and we could avoid the spread of COVID and, and so on. We were, we were doing that work and BC Housing was doing that work. So um, that's how we ended up with things like arenas. And so we're trying hard to be able to return those uh, back to the community as we get uh, slightly back to normal. Minister, thank you so much for your time. Always appreciate you coming on and speaking to some of these issues. They're, they're definitely difficult ones to deal with, and uh, I always appreciate uh, you, you taking some time to speak to it. So thanks so much. My pleasure. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. There is uh, David Eby right there, Minister of Housing here in British Columbia, is also the Attorney General uh, speaking here this afternoon on NL Newsday. So a lot of... Uh, a lot of stuff within there, but the one thing I did want to focus on here, and we've been talking about it quite a bit over the last couple of days, and that's the issue at Memorial Arena continuing to be used as a homeless shelter for an indefinite period of time. No idea what's going to be happening into the future. You know, how long is this going to last? Will we ever get that sheet of ice back here in our community? I just don't really have an answer, and neither does anybody else at this point in time. I spoke to Mayor Ken Christian about this issue yesterday. Here's what he had to say on it. Now here we are approaching winter, and it is difficult, and uh, we're hearing from the Countless Minor Hockey Association in droves. Uh, I think I've had at least 80 pieces of correspondence from them in the last uh, 72 hours. Uh, You know, the issue is, uh, do we reclaim it for recreational purposes and displace uh, 50 people out onto the street uh, because there are are no alternatives and uh, I've had a lot of people suggesting that you know why couldn't they go to the old bus depot or why couldn't they go to penny pinchers or why couldn't they go to the old keg building as well we don't own those buildings and it would be up to BC housing to negotiate leases with uh, those uh, owners and then do the tenant improvements that are required so that you have not only floor space for pods and and bunks but also washrooms and showers uh, and food facilities to uh, provide the amenities that are required for uh, these uh, chronic uh, homeless individuals so you know it's it's a social issue uh, and uh, yesterday uh, you know, I was asking staff about, uh, you know, where are we compared to, uh, you know, Vernon, Kelowna, Penticton in terms mm-hmm. of housing, the numbers of people identified in our pit count, our point of time count. 
And we're about at 50%. So uh, we are only housing uh, about 50% of the people who are homeless in this city right now. And uh, uh, so to drop that uh, by another 50 beds really, I, I think, would uh, weigh on our conscience. Uh, on the other side of the coin, I've had some passionate emails from uh, parents of uh, minor hockey players talking about their, uh, you know, children sort of uh, getting out of the COVID blues and hockey mm-hmm. is a real uh, relief for that. And I get that. I understand sport. And, and uh, I think that we're just going to have to share the limited ice that we have. Uh, we lost the ice box and we're working to try to replace that. And uh, now we've lost Memorial uh, and, uh, you know, we're going to work on, on that as well. So, you know, no guarantees about what's going to be happening into the future. And, and Councillor Bill Sarai was asked about this issue as well yesterday on the NL Morning News for Coffee with the Councillor with Howie Reimer. And, you know, I think Bill agrees that uh, an arena is not the ideal location to be housing these homeless individuals. And he's not really sure either exactly where to go. Here's some of what he had to say in response to this issue. We know that recreation and taxpayers are paying for that building. That is for them to use. We are conscious that... They shouldn't be left on the street either. But is the Memorial Arena the best option for emergency shelter? In my opinion, no. It's it's an ice rink. We can do better than that. BC Housing can do better than that. We just don't know how actively they're looking around for other sites. Do they feel the pressure we feel from our user groups? My honest answer is no, they don't. This is meant for the residents and the recreation community of Kamloops. They should not be told to drive to Chase and Logan Lake to play hockey. They are Camel's residents. They pay taxes in our town, and BC Housing needs to hear that. Yeah, and, uh, you know, we're, we're Camel's. We're the tournament capital. Uh, we shouldn't be seeing our recreation facilities, our athletic facilities uh, being taken away like that. That's just how I feel. But I also am empathetic to the sense that we got to house those individuals who are currently using that facility. We can't just kick them to the curb and say, see you later. That's not I, that, the way it's going to work.